Hey, Blue Breakaway fans, welcome to a special WrestleMania edition of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am here with multiple people. First, I'll introduce Greg, your favorite co-host. Greg, say hello. It honestly sounds like you're on crack sometimes when you open this podcast. The best part about me is that I don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Uh, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Nope, you, should, you shouldn't. Uh, now you guys all know Greg. We're going to introduce the next three. We have our good friend Zach. Zach is an, a wrestling expert, I would say. Zach, say hello. Hello. Welcome to the Ultimate Thrill Ride. The ultimate thrill ride. Zach, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Quick. Oh, I guess it has to be Austin. Yeah, it's definitely Austin. Next. Can we, no. can, wait, hold on. Can we kick Zach off for that introduction? That's the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. No, because that's I've heard much more disturbing. I live in the United States. Is Next. You're, you're... <laughs> I'm introducing people, and then you guys can talk. Uh, next is Michael Spath. Spath, you are a, I would say, a strong WWE fan. What would you classify yourself as? Yeah, I'm pretty strong uh, WWE fan. Pretty I only started guy. getting back into it uh, around SummerSlam, so I'm, I don't know too much about the last few years, but these storylines coming up right now, I'm, I'm into them. And then we have... Hey, oh, sorry to cut you off. Finish off there. No, it's fine. If I hear Ultimate Thrill Ride one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. So. <laughs> and now the <laughs> second Ultimate Thrill Ride, Joe Napoli, who I believe thinks wrestling is real. Joe, say hello. I do think wrestling is real. I'm reading a book about Muhammad Ali versus um, Antonio Inoki, and that was a real match. And my favorite wrestler is Raven. I have to get that out there. I okay. love him. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Okay, so that really sets the styles for our personalities on the show today. We have a big round robin. We're going to go piece by piece. Before we get going, Greg, is there any huh. is is there any match you're particularly looking forward to out of this long list that we're going to go through? <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious you think I know what the Wrestlemania card is perfect I have it up we're going to go card by card right now <laughs> we're going to start with Big Show Braun Strowman and uh, Sami Zayn Sami Zayn is that his name this Sa- is Sami Zayn Sami okay. Zayn definitely no, Sami no, Zayn there, Sami, Sami Zayn, Zayn. And there's about 30 other people in that match okay uh, Zach take me to what this is this is the uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is that correct what? Lovingly known throughout the internet as either the Armbar or the Dre, it's the Andre the Giant Royal Battle Royal. It's the fourth annual, uh, previously won by Cesaro, The Big Show, and Baron Corbin last year at his debut on the main roster. So this is going to be a hodgepodge of about 30 to 35 people in the Battle Royal. Um, people from Raw, SmackDown, and I believe they just announced that NXT's Tian Bing, I, be- I believe is how it's pronounced. Is going to make his debut there, so uh, it's going to be big old, big old clusterfuck. Is this really just to kind of get like battle royal? Uh, well, the Royal Rumble is this is the, probably the most hype event of the year, other than WrestleMania. Is this kind of just like a mini Royal Rumble? <clears throat> so it's so battle royals. Everyone starts in the ring at the same time. Oh. It's basically, an excuse to get thirty-five people a WrestleMania paycheck. That's a great idea. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's definitely right. They like to fly everybody yeah. out for WrestleMania. Yeah, anyone, anyone who hasn't gotten, uh, you know, put into a match, they'll probably just throw into the Dre. Joey, who is your favorite wrestler to see in this Dre? Oh, I mean, Sami Zayn is a great wrestler. I, I don't really feel strongly about this because WWE's kind of made it not into a big deal. The idea would be to have someone win it and to push them and turn them into a big star. They didn't. They haven't really done that, so it's it's like a hodgepodge. But Sami Zayn is very entertaining. Spath, do you feel like the Big Show will win because he's boring? Uh, I don't. I think what 
WWE is going to do. I have no idea. But what I think they should do is have Braun Strowman win. Yeah. Uh, he's had a pretty good year, and I think they're going to try and push him after this. It's kind of a shame that he didn't have anything better to do. But He was the one at the yeah. Royal Rumble who was crushing everyone. Is that correct? Yeah, big guy, big beard. He's a monster. Wait, is Strowman really not in a one-on-one match? He's not. Strowman's in the dry. There was, they, they were thinking about putting him against Roman back when it was going to be Taker versus uh, Taker versus Cena. Originally, it was supposed to be a Mania match, but uh, they ended up going Roman-Taker, so then they moved Strowman over to the to the Andre. We will certainly this get... This is a good chance to let him shine. We will certainly and, uh, get to Roman Reigns, but go on, Joey. Sorry to cut you off. No, th- this is a great chance to, to let Braun Strowman shine, and I think they've booked him very well. I mean, yeah. you, you can criticize the product a lot, but Vince McMahon still knows how to push guys when he really wants to. Um, it's, and yeah, he's, he's really improved, too, over the last few months, so he's, he's earned the push. It's, it's really amazing, because Braun debuted on the main roster a little over a year ago. He was the fourth member of the Wyatt family, as you can tell by the beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked a lot more straggly at that point. When the draft happened and they moved him over to Raw, he is honestly the most improved over quite some time. And he's only been wrestling about two years. Almost every single match that he's ever had wrestling has been on television for WWE. That's a pretty good resume. Uh, do we have anything else we'd like to say about this match so far? I think we've covered most everything on it. Uh, it's, it's, it's literally going to be a cluster until there's about six people left. Um, you have people like Dolph Ziggler, Apollo Crews, even Sos. For some reason, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions don't have a match at WrestleMania, so what? they're going to be in the Royal Andre. Is that true? Yeah, both American Alpha and the Usos are in the battle. That, I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. It's There are so many people that have no chance in this match. There's really... It's Strowman, Zane, maybe Big Show, because this match with Shaq isn't happening. That sucks. It was supposed to be Big Show versus Shaq as of like a month ago, but Shaq backed out. Yeah, well, the mo- the money wasn't right. Supposedly, yeah. But yeah, it's those couple people and a big clusterfuck of them. Well, they probably also couldn't get to the match because he would have had to travel over a hill or something. I don't know. <laughs> Suck it, Shaq. Shut up, some blue shirt breakaway. We're shitting on you. We're taking you down. He's right. a fucking dumbass. <laughs> he wouldn't have fit onto the thrill ride. Oh, my God. All right, next match we have here is Nelville, who I believe was an NXT champion. Ne- Nelville. Ne- Nelville. Nelville. Oh, my God, Ryan, what are you doing to me? You're making my heart hurt. I don't know if you know or you've listened to this podcast before, and I think you have. Pronunciation is a tough thing for me. Yeah, I, fair, I be, fair be fair, this is a Rangers podcast, and he still thinks it's Stefan with an F. It's Stefan. Anyway, uh, with a P. <laughs> fair <laughs> being fair, I know you in your personal life, and you can't pronounce or spell it. There you go. Uh, so we have Neville first, and uh, he's versus Austin Aries. Is that his name? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know nothing about producer. Austin Aries. Can you tell me who he is? So Austin Aries was a big indie guy. He was a TNA heavyweight champion for a hot minute there. Big in ROH way back in the day. Um, he's essentially the greatest man that ever lived. He's self-proclaimed. Uh, basically a very arrogant guy. He plays a bad guy really well, but he, he has these moments where he has a groundswell of being able to be a good, good guy doesn't last very long. He's a sar- sarcastic prick, and I love it. But uh, he's he's born to be a bad guy. But they need a good guy in the cruiserweights right now. So uh, Neville, the champion, defending against Austin Aries, going to be a really good match. Uh, Neville, if, if not for Braun Strowman, Neville would be most improved this year just because he became this just... Sar- he, he became basically 
uh, a meaner version of what Austin Aries is. Or like a smarmy prick that will just get over at everyone else's expense and kind of curtailed his whole high-flying thing and really became the king of the cruiserweights. So, uh, Joey, could you tell me a little bit about Neville here? He was... I believe he's he was a, on the indie scene as Pac, and then he went to WWE NXT, and uh, he was one of the he was one of the bigger guys there. Neville is great; he's a great high flyer. Um, his body looks better than it probably should. Um, yeah, he's, <laughs> a really, he's a really good wrestler. Sick on fly. Uh, well, yeah, Austin Aries, a double, absolutely fantastic. I think Zach explained it perfectly. I mean, he's one of the best workers in the world. He's got the charisma. He's got uh, the attitude. He's he's just a true professional wrestler. Most of the guys in WWE don't have like the gravitas that he has. He's on a different level than most of them. The huevos. Yes, he's just got that. Got it. Michael Should Spath, be a great match. Who do you think would win this match? Oh man, I, I really, I, I'll be honest. I don't watch Two Hundred Five Live, which is the Cruiserweight okay. show. No one does. Yeah. Um, I watch I a little, but I'm I'm no one. I don't think Raw does a very good job developing these characters uh, on the Raw broadcast. Oh yeah, no. But um, I do think Neville's going to come away with this one because he's just had like like uh, Zach said, he's had a pretty good year, and I think they're just going to keep that going. Can we give this number a hype rating out of ten? Where would we put it? Anyone? Uh, three. Well, it's on. It's on the kickoff show, so it's going to be very early. It's going to be the three matches are on the kickoff show. The one we just talked about, the Dre. This one and the SmackDown six one uh, title match, so it's probably going to be about like five forty five six o'clock. It's it's going to be way early. People aren't going to the match itself will be good, but the hype around it will be very bad. It's probably okay. Uh, Greg, do you have anything any thoughts on this match? I don't think so, right? None whatsoever. I they, I'm kind of with Spath where I feel like the uh, cruiserweights have been buried on Raw. They almost I I understand wanting to bring the cruiserweights on Raw to try and get eyes on them, but it really is a product, and I know that there's just so much programming already. Yeah. It, it should have its own show that lives on the network, and I think it would have more hype that way if it did. They do. It's called 205 Live. Okay. <laughs> no one watches Fine. it. No one, and <laughs> no one watches it during Raw. Yeah. So there's my it's, point. It's unfortunate because the Cruiserweights have the capability. If they were able yeah. to wrestle in the indie style that they did before they got hired, it'd be a lot more entertaining of a show. But they make them work in the formulaic WWE way where, oh, you have to get emotion by selling and by having them work arm bars and wrist locks and headlocks. No, just let them do flippy shit and really let them fly, yeah. and they'll yeah. be fine. But that's what WWE doesn't want. Plus, cruiserweight means you have to weigh 205 pounds, which means Vince McMahon isn't going to want to push you and your division. And they've had the same problem with cruiserweights for over 20 years. Uh, this is a nice segue. I was going to go straight to the, the Women's Championship, but I want to talk about this. There's been a lot of rumor out there that the Hardy Boys are coming back to the WWE. Would you consider them cruiserweights, and what's up with that? They they work a very cruiserweight style. They did when they first started. They worked a very cruiserweight style, high-flying, kind of exciting pace. Obviously, they're as they got have got older, they've kind of fit more into the WWE style, where you kind of work up to that and only use that for exciting parts and as they've gotten older they weigh a lot more than 205 pounds but uh, I, I think they're a good bridge to that style. Will they show up at Wrestlemania though? Joe? 
No, I don't think that they're going to, but I would love it because I'm a huge Matt Hardy fan, and uh, I like Jeff Hardy. Without going too deep into it from my spoiler zone, they have a match, what is it, Friday night? What is ROH? Is that Friday or Saturday night? Saturday, I think. Mike, it's it's Saturday? So they have a ladder match with the Young Bucks on the ROH show. And it's what, gonna be fantastic. What's for people who are like me and don't understand what ROH is? It's a house show. So it's Ring of Honor. It's a separate indie promotion that it's it's essentially. I would guess. I guess you would say it's either second place or third place in wrestling right now. Okay. It's its own promotion. Um, they have a short term contract with ROH, and the rumor is that as soon as their contractual obligations with ROH are over, the Hardys will likely pop up in WWE. No one knows when that might be. It could very well be at WrestleMania. And people are starting to think that there's a good likelihood of it. That pop would be ridiculous. Yes. Uh, And and well needed. Uh, To the women's match. On CBS Sports, it says Alexa Bliss versus all available women. So So that's going to break down to Alexa Bliss versus Mickey James, uh, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Carmella, and the newly returned former champion Naomi. Do we have and any... it's a six-pack challenge now. This is that's a little ridiculous, and it seems like they're pushing to hype it because there's not are these wrestlers just not exciting. <laughs> the backstory to it was uh, Naomi won the title from Alexa Bliss at the last pay per view Fastlane in February. Uh, then in that match, she she uh, had a similar injury to Seth Rollins and tore something up in her knee. And she had to give away the title in case she wasn't going to be ready for WrestleMania. She just came back on Tuesday, and they basically kept the match open because they weren't sure how they were going to be able to book it. So they said all available SmackDown talent would be on it. So they got everyone. It'll be it'll be interesting, but it'll probably be a lot of people just throwing each other around for five minutes until they can focus on two people. Okay. Do we have a prediction for the last two people, Joe or Spath? Yeah, I got a, well, I just want to first point out that I, I love Alexa Bliss. I think she's phenomenal. I think she's a great oh, yeah. girl. Uh, it's kind of disappointing I didn't find anything better, but I think the problem was the injury kind of derailed their plans. I'm not sure what they had in store before, but the, the Naomi injury, I think, kind of messed up what they were trying to do. And like Zach said, they had to scramble to get something together and, and leave it open for her return. So that's what happened. Um, but I, I, if I'm going to guess, it's either going to be Naomi or Alexa that win this. I'd guess the same, yeah. I like Naomi, but I have no interest in this match. Okay. I, would, I My main interest in the match is seeing how the hell Naomi does her uh, her uh, blacklight entrance at 6.30 in the afternoon yeah, in right. a sunny open arena. Hmm. She's great. Okay. Yeah, Joey loves her. Joey's response to it, that, that walk-in, yeah, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know Joey's big fan. Greg, we're going to move. Uh, this is how this is going to work. Last thing I'm going to say is, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I really do like me some Alexa Bliss. And that was- I, I, I'm not really sure I would go anything further than that. Becky Lynch in this match? I, I wasn't. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't know. I, I, as much as I love Becky Lynch, I don't think she's getting as much of a push as she had been previously. Uh, she's kind of lost a, lost a little something in the last few weeks. She was the first SmackDown Women's Champion. She honestly, she had to take a back seat so more could happen around her, so they could actually build a division around her. But she really should be the fulcrum of that, and she's not. 
She'll she'll be back. It's all cyclical. I'm not it really is. worried about it. Yeah, right. See, that's the mark of a good fan, there. Uh, does you know that it's all cyclical? Yes. No. Okay. Uh, all the women are, said. Okay. are disposable to WWE for the most part, and they move them up and down the card, and they have them go from heel to face, sort of arbitrarily. So, I would yeah. always want to be a heel. Alright, let's move on to the Tag Team tri- Championship Triple Threat Ladder Match. It is Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo Amore and Big Cass and also then Cesaro and Sheamus. This is actually uh, a, a pretty interesting match. Zach, take me through the history here. First of all, I'm very proud you got through that without messing up a name. Thanks, I can read sometimes. I'm proud of you. Alright, so the club, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, tag team that was very big in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, came over with AJ Styles at the beginning of last year. Uh, this is their first WrestleMania because they debuted right after WrestleMania last year. Um, they're pretty underutilized. It was kind of surprising to actually see them win the tag titles at the Royal Rumble because they were pooped on by the New Day for so long. Uh, Enzo Big Cass, Big Talkers, Enzo still wondering if he particularly knows how to wrestle, but he he does his job well. He's a good. Uh, I can answer that question, Zach. He he doesn't know how to wrestle. That's 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 very good. Um, <laughs> he gets lost around by Big Cass very well. The the Fed loves Big Cass. Uh, he can't talk that well, but he's getting a lot better. He's he's kind of he natural. Uh, the last Cesaro and Sheamus kind of uh, thrown together at the end of last year, but uh, they they've done some good things. I like the building story of them actually becoming friends after hating each other's guts for a while. Uh, randomly made a ladder match on Tuesday after they decided to do the great WWE trope of introducing a random weapon in attacks and then deciding the match was going to be focused around that. <laughs> so, uh, so now it's six guys who don't particularly do a lot of high-flying or aerobatic, acrobatic moves now in a ladder match, which is almost primarily probably going to be a vehicle to get the Hardys involved, some people may think. Mm. Joey, yeah. tell me, was Sheamus once sort of a big deal? Yeah, he was famous for being Triple H uh, gym buddy, and they, <laughs> they gave him a push. They uh, had him win the Royal Rumble. Sheamus is a good wrestler. He, he really can go. He's, he's very talented, and for whatever reason, he, didn't, he wasn't a needle mover, so they kind of moved him down to that upper mid-card. But I think there was a time they would have really wanted him to be a top guy. He just, he doesn't have what that is. And that's he's, no way on him. Most people don't. He's one of those guys that's a very flexible person for them. He fills almost any role they need, whether it be comedic, serious, face, heel. They, they, they use him in all slots. Like, he was the transitional champion when they first gave the belt to Roman again. He's very good. He's just not a, he's not a true superstar, but there's only a few of those at a time anyway. Do we have a prediction who's going to take this match? Uh, I think, I'm interested well, in what you guys think. Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't know, I think Cesaro is the most talented person in this match. Easily. Personally. He's, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, I just think the division is super weak right now, and especially in terms of heels. They don't really have any viable heels other than Gals and Anderson. Um, and, I mean, if you're looking for high flyers, like you said, the Hardy Boys... This would be the match if they're going to come back at WrestleMania. This would be the one. The pop would be crazy, son. Yeah, I think um, just because there's no other heels, I think Gals Anderson are going to win this one. Well, 
I, I, I would like to see Gallows and Anderson win just to support the division more. Uh, they could give it to Enzo and Cass to kind of uh, give them actually an achievement. They've never won a tag title as far as they've been in WWE, whether it be NXT or anything like that. I don't see any reason to give it Cesaro or Sheamus. But, uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting. You should take a, uh, a drinking game and drink every time Enzo oversells something in this match. It's going to happen a lot. Yeah. You can't beat that. <laughs> so look at me. Look at you like that. That was good. Um, That's clever. All right, let's get to the to the actual matches that I I think are exciting. This first. Oh, you don't match, want you don't want my take there, homeboy. I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a take, Greg? Um, I think my my hot take is I think WWE wants to make a big cast push in the near future. Yep. And I think the first step you are able to take to make a big cast push is by putting any kind of belt on them. So I, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Enzo and Cass come away with the belts because I, I think in the next 12 months, by WrestleMania of next year, I think WWE wants Cass solo wrestling for a major title. And in order to get him on that track, you have to put a belt on his waist. That's interesting. I... I, I could see that. I don't know if they'll quite fast track it that much because he's still got quite a bit to learn. And they really, they kind of need Cass with Enzo to make Enzo viable. They actually quoted, uh, Sports Illustrated quoted Triple H this week saying, does Enzo really have any wrestling ability? No, not truly, but he talks really well and makes people really interested in what he does. And he kind of needs Cass strapped to his ass to make sure he still gets somewhere. Sure, but isn't there, isn't there a, Realistic possibility where Kat, uh, Enzo becomes a glorified valet and not so much a wrestler. Yeah, I, def- definitely. There, there is. I don't know how soon that would be. I don't think it's realistic in the next year. But I don't know yeah. if they're going to give, give up on him this quickly, but I do yeah, think, we, like you said, Cass's Cass's future is. I think they're going to push him to be a main eventer. So we'll see how that that works out. I'll certainly WWE, be WWE doesn't have guys as bad as Enzo on the roster, but. He's charismatic. He's sure. got the mouth. He 100% has the mouth. That's what I like in a man, when he has the mouth. Let's move on to Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin in the Intercontinental... <laughs> did I fuck this up? Did I fuck that up? Oh, I did. Um, versus in the Intercontinental Championship for the SmackDown brand. Uh, Spath, you're a big Dean Ambrose guy. Is that true? Uh, I am. Actually, uh, good friend Aaron Polker is is in love with Dean Ambrose. He even shocking. dressed up. That's he so shocking. Up. Dressed up as him when we when we watched uh, the Royal Rumble over at Joe's at Joe's place, he came in with the tag top and the tape wrists and the flowy hair and all that. That that sounds like Aaron is yeah that works. So yeah, so he, Zach, I don't really know anything about Baron Corbin. Can you tell me? Uh, yeah, uh, he's the lone wolf. That's pretty much it. He's he's a uh, he's an asshole. Uh, he hates everyone. He's a loner. He uh, he was in NXT for a good little while trying to find himself. Really didn't have much of a gimmick and found this whole lone wolf, like motorcycle type kind of guy thing. And it really just kind of matured into, I hate everyone. I'm a loner. If you came from like an indie promotion or you think that you made a name off yourself, I am going to make you look like crap and make myself look better. Like in character, but yeah. Uh, he really just kind of, he, he's kind of a bully. Like, he was beat up Kalisto for the past six months just because he could. He, he's, he's kind of like, 
a stereotypical middle of the road bad guy, but he has like a flair to it that just kind of fits him very well. Is this a someone Joe or Joe Spath, whichever one? Is this someone that Dean Ambrose should be wrestling at this point in time? Yes, because yeah. Dean Ambrose is a mid card to upper mid card guy, wow, and they fired. want Baron Corbin to go <laughs> on the ascent. Well, in reality, yeah, the, Dean Ambrose can get a good match out of him, relatively speaking, and it can make Baron Corbin look good. I do think Corbin's improved a lot, just like uh, just like some other guys like Strowman and Neville. I think Corbin's right up there with improvement. I think he's done really well. Hmm. Greg, yeah. do you have a take on this one? Um, I, I think it was a, a tough take there by uh, Mr. Joey Napoli, but I, I don't think he's wrong, necessarily. I kind of think he's on point. Dean has a ceiling in my mind, and uh, I'm not the biggest Baron Corbin fan, but if you're gonna, if WWE wants to make a Baron Corbin push, putting him with Dean is the right person, in my estimation. Any final thoughts? Okay, we're all good on that. Who do we think is going to win? I'm I'm all in on Dean Ambrose, just my personal opinion. I want I think Dean to win. Dean's good. I'll be rooting for Dean, but I I, I think they're going to give Corbin the win. They're pushing him? Yeah. Okay. I, I would say what Spath said. Fine. Yeah, I agree with that. We've gone around the table. We're going to move on to Chris Jericho, old, time, an old favorite versus Kevin Owens, a new favorite for the United States Champions Chip of Raw. Uh, Zachary, give me the notebook. Alrighty. Kevin Owens, the previous Universal Champ until he lost to Goldberg. He, um, big corporate guy, big old tubby guy, but gotta love him. Uh, love he the is, he, yes, he is, you know how I said Baron Corbin was like the middle of the road asshole? Yeah. Kevin Owens is like asshole turned up 12. He uh, is notorious for turning on his best friends. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened here. He uh, joined up with Jericho in the middle of last year with the grand split. Uh, they became best friends. Jericho helped Owens retain his title for months upon months upon months with Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. Uh, and they became pretty much the most entertaining part of Raw for quite some time, both in their comedy and their actual ability to carry a story. As much as it might have sucked seeing the same thing over and over, that's just how Raw works. Um, eventually, he turned on Jericho because Jericho annoyed him too much at the Festival of Friendship in Vegas about a month and a half ago. Uh, threw him through a TV, which was a nice little uh, throwback to how Jericho did it to <coughs> Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels did it to Marty Jannetty. And backstory, backstory. Anyway, these two now hate each other's guts, and they'll be wrestling conveniently. The only information I'll give on this right before Jericho has a Fozzie tour this this spring. Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Uh, wow, that kind of gives it away. Uh, Michael Spath, thoughts? All right, ready to come full circle here? I am. Uh, Chris Jericho's father, Ted Irvine, played for yep. a certain hockey team, early 70s. Do you know what that team is? Am I going to guess the Rangers? It is the New York Rangers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mr. Ted Irvine. Did we, get, we did it, everyone. Okay. I do think this I, this is honestly my pick for match of the night. I think these, this storyline has been one of the more entertaining ones in the last few months going into Mania with, you know, the, the, the best friends he turns on him, like, like Zach said. Can you tell uh, me a little bit about the list, what this was about? So the list is basically Chris Jericho. It's just one of the gimmicks that Chris Jericho has. If, if anybody does anything that he even thinks is 
either disrespecting him or just you're wearing a terrible shirt. He'll put your name on the list and basically you're on his shit list. Yeah, the list the list started off as things he hated about Commissioner Foley or General Manager Foley. Then yeah. it just went into things that he hated in general, turned into people he hated in general, and then just turned into something he could do to get a pop out of the people. Yeah, he and, carries it around and then he he's, does this whole thing where he's like, you know what happens when you you piss off Chris Jericho and on the, list. the crowd pops for it. Yeah, put the, on the list. The list had the most storyline growth of anything in the past six months. It was the, it was the most mm-hmm. invested anyone had any anyone had it in uh in any. <clears throat> and I do, I will add uh, another thing. I do think Kevin Owens, like you said, is very intimidating, and I think that is. The best part about Kevin Owens is how he just never stops running his mouth. He, inside and outside the room, you know, he's always it's, talking. He's always yapping. He's he's really good. Yeah, it's fantastic to see mean Kevin Owens back instead of shitty. I need everyone yeah. to help Kevin Owens back because mean Kevin Owens is one of the most compelling people that you could have on the show. And I agree. hiding behind other people, Kevin Owens, while it gets the job done of making you hate him. It just it's it's so stale and it's just it's nice to see a bad guy just kick the shit out of somebody. Joey, give me your thoughts. I'm really excited. I've seen Owens and Jericho live a bunch of times. They're true professional wrestlers. They know how to get heel heat. They know how to work the fans. They're both absolutely fantastic. Um should be a great match and wrestling is going to miss wrestlers like this because the next crop of guys don't possess the skill, and they haven't been down the same roads that these two guys have. Wow. Greg? Uh, 100% agree with Spath. I think this is going to be the match of the night. I really don't think anything is going to come close to being as fun or as entertaining uh, just because, you know, both guys involved, incredibly entertaining, incredibly talented. The mouths involved are all-time legendary. Yep. Uh, Guys on the mic. I just... It, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the match where it'll end sooner than we all want it to, just to <laughs> have 2,000 matches on this card. I, I really do think it's going to be the most entertaining fight of the night, though. And it's it's the best story, too. Yeah, Jericho is one of those the few people in history that can either be you know comedic or serious, and you're all in on it. He doesn't lose any edge, and that's why he's like one of the best of all time in this way. I mean, he's really versatile. He he he's yep. in a band, which some people think is good. He can act. <laughs> he's a gr- he's great at doing podcasts. Like he's a very talented, smart guy. Very talented. Chris Jericho, I don't think you're good at doing podcasts. Come on here and defend yourself. <laughs> he's great Go at podcasts. His band is not for everyone. Back me up. Okay. Um, right, you go. also got to wonder going into this if this is Jericho's last uh, opportunity to have a great either WrestleMania moment or just a great match in general. You don't you don't really know how much he has left in the tank. He's like forty two. Yeah. I think he's like forty five. Speaking yeah, of I, th- I think I think he's mid forties. I, I don't yeah. I think he's older than that. He's a big time Winnipeg Jets fan also, just to tie it back in oh, he's a Winnipeg Manitoba native. That's right. Come on the podcast and defend yourself. Um that's all I'll say. Now let's get to the raw fatal four way for the women's championship. This is Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Nia Jax, is that correct? Nia. Mm, nice. So close. Uh, you were doing good there for a while. Zach, give me it. Uh, funnily enough, you'll notice that it's another multi-woman match. I did notice. The title. 
Um, yeah, they like to set up storylines and then fail and just get as many people a paycheck as they can, which I guess yeah. is good for them. But yeah, uh, Charlotte was champion going into February, I believe. On Raw. Oh, it was, Bailey did one on Raw, right, Joe? That's right. Yeah, yeah. she won it on Raw. Okay. It was a big deal. They had to yeah. So yeah, it was right before Fastlane. And then uh, Bailey beat Charlotte at Fastlane to retain the title and break Charlotte's, I believe, 16 straight pay-per-view winning streak. Mm. I was about or, to ask because Charlotte lost one of pay-per-view. Yeah, she lost at Fastlane, which was asinine that they decided to end that streak for, you know, WrestleMania. Oh, then an actual pay-per-view? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Charlotte versus Bailey has been the big thing lately. Sasha versus Charlotte was the big coming out of SummerSlam, or going into SummerSlam and coming out of SummerSlam, uh, Charlotte and Sasha were pretty much the entire women's division. And Nia's been the big giant lurking in the shadows, waiting to kind of pounce, get her hands on the title. So now, it's literally the four relevant divas, I should say divas, women superstars, on Raw since the draft. And uh, there, there are other people on the roster, but these four are the only ones that have had any relevancy. Are, are there? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not even saying that completely as a joke. It's just the only four you ever there, see. Exactly, that's the point. There's there's Dana Brooke, there's uh, Alicia Fox. Technically, there's Paige, but let's not go into that. Yeah, or we can. Oh nope, not here. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, I wouldn't mind going into that. Hey, that's the point. Oh, All right. oh, we did it. Uh, we did it. Alright, uh, what else do we have to say about this, this match? Really, is there anything really... I don't see a real superstar like you guys were saying. I don't know what's up with the women's kind of roster in the first place. No one's really stood here's out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Bailey, uh, Sasha, and Charlotte are all superstars. It's just... They're very good. It, yeah. it's, I, I, I can't remember the last time a Fatal 4-Way was anything but sloppy. And I think that's kind of my concern. I don't think any of the four are going to have ample time to make a show of it. I think if you had one-on-one matches with these four broken up, like if you had Nia, Charlotte, and if you had Bailey, um, Bailey, Sasha, I think those two matches individually could be beyond fantastic. I, I just think it gets sloppy as a four-way. On a WrestleMania stage, I agree, but they've, they've cycled, they've burnt, they, they've burnt through all of this on Raw coming up into these months, they've done every combination of them and made them as unentertaining as possible. Like they, they've had like fifteen minute matches where they just do headlocks and stuff. They're capable of a lot. It's a lot like the cruiserweights. They're capable of pulling their weight and having great matches. It's just they're kind of hamstrung by what they're allowed to do. And on a WrestleMania stage, a one-on-one match would be fantastic, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, they are very talented, and I uh, like Zach said before. I think. WWE missed a, a big opportunity considering I think Bailey is one of the most pure baby faces on the roster. She's just got this connection with fans. I don't know what it is, but uh, she's just loved all all of the all of the, the country. She's uh, really genuine. I think I yeah. think I think her I think her charisma translates like I do think like they Ryan missed, Danielson's did. Yeah, right. They missed, they, but they, I think they missed the big opportunity. Not waiting until Mania to put the title on her. I think what what should have happened was. Charlotte should have kept the title. She should have won the, the most recent pay per view, kept her streak alive, and then at WrestleMania, that's when Bailey goes over, kind of like a Dan O'Brien type situation. Hmm. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that we have to say about this match? Who do you think is going to win? 
Bailey? Because you guys just kind of alluded to that. It's, uh, it, 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 it feels like it's set up as Charlotte because she just lost on a pay-per-view. And that's it's either thing. that or maybe... I'm, I'm thinking sure. Nia. I'm honestly thinking Nia to kind of create this whole we need to have stability in the division and have this yep. monster that people have to keep throwing themselves at until someone can finally chip her down. It could, go, it could go any way because they could also have Sasha Banks pull a heel turn and, and do some with Bailey and that's that's knows. true. They have very much alluded to the fact that Sasha's been using Bailey to get back in the title scene. She last lost to Charlotte. She uh, had the stipulation she could never challenge Charlotte for the title again. So, yeah, yeah I can. So she's trying to get the title off her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen, this next match that we're going to talk about is probably the most confusing on the card. For me, personally. Being a Fairweather fan. I'm interested into what you mean by that, because I don't know which match you mean, because there's a lot of them like Here that. we go. It's John Cena and Nikki Bella, and okay. I'm going to murder this name. The Miz and Murizzi? Maurice. Oh, fuck. Close. That was bad. You, you're right on the murdering part. I did. <laughs> Guys, I killed that. Um, I, I know The Miz used to be a pretty big superstar. He kind of fell down. He's kind of recovered this year. Is this a waste of John Cena at, at WrestleMania? No, uh, I no. think it. Yeah, I think it's Cena protecting. Uh, Cena in real life is married to Nikki Bella, and everything I've understood is this is Nikki Bella's retirement match. So I think yeah. it's, it's not yeah. in stone, but it's a possibility. Plus, mm. look, I think it's also one of those situations where, as much as we all love Cena, dude can't be wrestling for the belt every pay per view. And if you're gonna yeah. make use of him, you have to use him during WrestleMania. And I, the Miz has been fantastic. So putting him and the Miz. Basically, in a one-on-one match, um, while giving Nikki her retirement match, I think is actually a very solid use of Cena. Because I look, I I hope Cena breaks Ric Flair's record sooner or later. But my God, I, he can't be wrestling for a belt every pay per view. That's fair, uh, Zach. Where? Did, why did the Miz lose his ability to be a superstar and then sort of gain it back? So Miz's whole thing has been. He's a talker. He talks, he talks, he talks. He he talks people into matches, talks people into hating him. He is a good wrestler. He's not the best wrestler. I'd say, in the words of Stephanie McMahon, he's a B-plus player. But his talking, A-plus plus. Um, he, how do I want to phrase this? So he's Mike from the real world, turned himself yep. into a wrestler. Um, well, to, be, to be fair, he was the Miz on the real world. That's true. Like, the Miz has been his name forever. I've known him. I've known him as the Miz when he was on the challenge. Very true. Um, he is legitimately married to Maurice. They've been married a couple of years now. Oh, so this is a couples match. This makes way more this sense. Is, this is this is legitimately a couples match. Yes, it's okay, John so- Cena and his girlfriend Nikki Bella versus the Miz and his wife Maurice. Okay, I take back what I said about the confusing. I can save that for the next match. But <laughs> okay. this. This is no longer confusing to me, and it makes sense now. It's a, it's a couple's so, match. That's kind of cool. I WrestleMania. I like yes. that. Now. Okay. So Miz ended up being world champion like eight or so years ago. Actually beat Cena in the main event of a WrestleMania, despite getting the shit knocked out of him and concussed and didn't remember the end of the match. In real um, life? Yes. He like, like literally, uh, Miz was sitting on a barricade. Cena clotheslined him over it. He hit his head on the concrete and doesn't remember anything for the rest of the night. Holy shit. That's great. Yes, and still won, mainly because The Rock was The Rock and decided to push Cena's shit up. Okay. Um, anyway, 
after that, he kind of fell off because his push was over and he was trying to find himself. Over the years, he's done a lot of good work, but he never really got himself back up to the main event level. Um, this is as close as he's come. He's been a great Intercontinental Champion over the past year. Um, he, he really is a solid role player as far as the WWE Spectrum goes, and he can have good programs with anyone. And Cena is in the kind of like, he's just past the prime of his career, I would say. He's going to have plenty more years, but he's, he's on the downhill. And he's kind of bringing people up with him as much as, as much as they're allowing, and that, that's kind of making a high profile match out of almost nothing here. Spat, and supposedly, sorry, okay, go ahead. My thoughts. Uh, I I do like the story. It's a little soap opera-ish, but I think it's kind of funny. Dude, you know, it's the WWE. Is, <laughs> I mean, say, what about wrestling? Isn't a soap opera? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's calling Cena for being a sellout and his relationship with Nikki, how it's for publicity and all that, and Cena calling out the Miz for not being original and all that stuff. I do agree with Zach. I think the Miz is a really solid wrestler. I respect the hell out of him. He is somebody that you need on the roster. Uh, but Cena is, at this point, it should be pretty clear that John Cena is pretty damn good at his job. Uh, he's a he's a monster heel. He's a and he's a white meat baby face at the same time. You know, it, it, I think it's pretty clear that you know, if you're one of those guys that, that hates on Cena, I don't, I don't I don't know why you've been doing it for so long, but I think it's time to to give him some respect. Time to move on. Uh, yeah, Joey. And I do think it's I do think it's pretty clear that they're setting up for some sort of proposal at the end of this match. Is that? Uh, that's what I was getting into. That, yeah. There's actually prop bets as to whether or not <laughs> proposed to Nikki. Because a lot of the story, the yeah, a lot of the storyline is is Maurice and the Miz saying Nikki he'll he'll never marry you and all that stuff. So I because think John Cena is a piece of shit and hasn't yeah. asked her to marry him. John Cena right. was previously married about like six or seven years ago, had a really nasty divorce, and came out very publicly to say he'll never get married again, he'll never have kids, blah blah blah. And then his relationship with Nikki Bella came out conveniently. And uh, Total Bellas and Total Divas and all that happy shit, which I have sadly watched a little bit of. Um, they they pushed that quite a bit, that she eventually wants him to stop being Cro-Magnum man and eventually be a real human being. Huh. Joey, give it to me. Okay, as a old school, hardcore wrestling fan... <laughs> I absolutely hate this match because it, <laughs> it it doesn't draw a dime. It doesn't draw a penny. You've got John Cena. He's probably got maybe two or three big WrestleMania matches left. The guy could sell subscriptions or tickets or pay-per-views or m- merchandise, and this match does none of that. But as someone who understands how WWE works now, Miz does great interviews. Um, it does work well with Total Divas. It does do good television ratings, and they did have good segments. I get why they're doing it. As an old res- old school wrestling fan, this is just such a waste of a draw, and you use your house <laughs> to draw money. I love you, Joe. <laughs> Joe, how else would C- what other match besides Cena Taker would have actually drawn like anything in your mind in that way? I, I have well, an answer. I have an answer, and I, I'm not going to answer for Joe, but I'm going to do it. It's is it Cena Orton? Right. For, for oh, the nine hundred and fifty-four, that was my point, <laughs> Zach. I, I think we've reached a point where WWE doesn't let anything really be a draw, but I just fundamentally disagree with how they do well, business. 
And this well, is that's, that's, kind of alluding, that's kind of what I'm alluding to, in that matches aren't the draw It's stories, and it's the individual people themselves. You have you have a eighty to ninety thousand seat arena there that people aren't going to see one specific match. They're going to experience the entire experience. So they're coming for individual people or stories, not necessarily the actual event they want to see. As much as that pains me to actually say, as what is somewhat of an old school wrestling fan itself, myself, it's it's not that anymore, sadly. No, but it's, but it's still something to experience. And there was like 12 million people watching in 1997 and 98, and now there's like 4 million. And then in the 80s, there was regional, there was much bigger, wrestling was a lot bigger, even though it's because, culturally because different. It's different, early, but wrestling was much bigger. The, early in that area, in that era, it's because it was still considered a sport. In like the late 90s, I would even argue people weren't going to matches. They were going to see what Stone Cold would do, what The Rock would say, what what bullshit the Triple H era was coming up. Oh like my that god, kind the Triple thing. H era is awful. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I feel like we're, we're a long way away from matches being the draw. We're not looking for Ric Flair 60-minute matches. No, you're totally right, but that's probably why I'm negative on WWE and on this match. Greg, give me your final thoughts on this match. We're going to move on to the next one. Uh, I, I understand what Joey is saying, but I go back to what I said earlier on this point. I just You can't get John Cena fighting AJ Styles every pay-per-view. you got to mix it up. And if you're not going to have John Cena on a title match, I think this is a very good use of him. I think it helps fill the card. It gives The Miz something meaningful to do. And it gives Nikki Bella her deserved send-off that uh, is long overdue. You mentioned AJ Which... Styles. Uh, we're moving on. Do you want, have any thoughts here? Nope. Okay, good. We're, you mentioned AJ Styles, and that move brings us to our next match, which is the probably, like I said before, that was the most confusing match, but this really is. <laughs> and that is yes. Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I've only watched wrestling a couple times this year, and it's been very enjoyable, but AJ and Styles... very often. AJ Styles, yes, I am wrong very often, and I pronounce everything wrong. AJ Styles is the most impressive wrestler I watched this year, and yet he's going up against someone in his 50s, question mark? Uh, who is known yep. as a hardcore... I, I played as Shane McMahon in SmackDown 2 for the PS2, and he was pretty good there, but I don't think he's AJ Styles. Why are they fighting? Zach? Well, let's put it this way. He's not a hardcore anything. He's not a wrestler. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um. So, they did not have plans for AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which was the most confusing. How do you not have plans for your like, best wrestler? Yeah, uh... That's a good question. Um, I would have loved, as Kaplan was saying, I would love to see AJ Cena built to a WrestleMania instead of exploding at a Royal Rumble. Which was a great but match. It, it was a fantastic match. They, they do great work. It just, it would, maybe it'll be a great WrestleMania match. Who knows? Anyway, um, they know they have something, pardon the pun, phenomenal in AJ Styles. Uh, they did not know where to work him in, which was sad. And they decided that Shane is a draw. Shane should be wrestling at WrestleMania. So they would give AJ the honor of trusting him to get a good match out of the boss's son. 
They gave him the X-Pac role. <laughs> they gave him the X-Pac role in that he was good enough to make an interesting match out of nothing. Joey, tell me why so, Zach isn't being sarcastic. Oh, well, Shane McMahon <laughs> is a draw. There's something about Shane McMahon people love. And, I mean, my buddies who are fans for, you know, since the 90s, the Attitude Era, they're most excited to see Shane potato people with horrible punches, <laughs> find someplace really high, run up there, jump off, act like it didn't hurt, and then have bruises on them for six weeks. There's this is a good it. time. This is a good time to mention that the entrance stage for WrestleMania is a roller coaster. Oh, yep. that is a good time. Shane, Shane does have something, and I don't. And you know, even as being a curmudgeon and criticizing the last match, I can't deny that Shane people people pop huge for Shane. He has a death wish. That's what he has. He's got something. He doesn't sell moves. He he jumps from anywhere he wants. Spath, he is essentially good. Uh, uh, you're not going to get an argument for me. I think AJ Styles is easily the best in the company right now. Um, it's either, uh, The only guy even close to him, I think, is Kevin Owens, but AJ Styles is, is as good as he gets in wrestling. I uh, don't love that he's you know in this match, like you guys said. I, I think the most talented wrestlers should have had something better to do, but like Joe said, they're trying to get a good match out of Shane, and AJ Styles is the most reliable guy they have. And Shane will do his usual high spot. But, uh, it's weird because all all of the the points AJ made before this match, where he Shane's trying to you know screw him out of the title, he's not giving him the rematch. They're legit points, and I don't know why WWE's trying to push Shane as the face in this one. No one's gonna root for Shane. I mean, they'll root for him to do a high spot, but everyone's gonna be rooting for AJ Styles in this match. So it's weird. SmackDown is in this weird but good area where they're trying to make it realistic and kind of relatable in that there isn't any pure good guys and there isn't any pure bad guys. It's people with motivations based in real life. So AJ is pissed off that he got screwed out of a title match media because even though Randy Orton quote-unquote gave up his Royal Rumble win to face Bray Wyatt and AJ won match after match after match that qualified him for the title, that he's not in the title match and he thinks Shane screwed him out of it. Shane's theory is, hey, I was the one trying to give you chances and it just so happened things didn't break the way you wanted to. So they're both... They know no one's going to boo AJ. Realistically, because he's so damn good he cannot be that pure bad guy that they, they might want him to be to be in a main event match. So they kind of... Shades of Grey at all to try to get as much intrigue into the match as they can, even if they it, that includes a backseat camera in a in a in a, a backstage attack that has no business ever being shown on something they want to make realistic. Tell me why I, they wouldn't just do Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and then throw AJ Styles in as a triple threat. They have so many multi-man matches on the show that they want their. This year, they want their really important matches to be one-on-one to kind of build how important the main events are. They, they kind of want to make them the least gimmicky as possible, which is weird to say when one of the main events is a demon that's possessed by his, I don't I by his estranged sister-wife 
if there's just a viper, I don't know how they want to brand that as serious. But anyway, it's they, they want to have a certain gravitas to those main event matches. So that's what they're going with. Shane really is money. I mean, people are excited about Shane McMahon. They can people can you know roll their he's eyes relate- and, and he's relatable him. to them. Yeah, he's really he's he's the million dollar kid who really shouldn't be doing any of this. That right. if you threw like he is the person that has no business being there that all the fans can relate to and go, oh, if I was in this scenario, this is what I would try to do. There are a lot of people who want to see Shane McMahon wrestle in this match. Regardless of how stupid any of it is, people really do want to see it, and it will be fun. He's also incredibly willing to just tear his own body apart for the energy. Greg, it's tell me your thoughts on you this, on and we're going to move to the Final Four. Uh, I am of the opinion where if you're going to have Shane McMahon wrestle at WrestleMania, there is nobody in the company capable of giving him a good match as well as AJ Styles will. Like, that yep. match will be entertaining because AJ Styles is just that good. Um, like, if it was as great as the Shane spot was last year against The Undertaker, The Undertaker's not a guy that can get a good match out of Shane McMahon. It's just, it's impossible to get a good match out of The Undertaker, let alone. Yeah, that wasn't little... a good, that was not a good match last year. It was good moments. No. So, it, if you're gonna, if you're absolutely gonna have Shane McMahon wrestle at WrestleMania, at least put him with someone that is going to make that match entertaining and make that match work. And there was no one in the company more qualified to do that than AJ Styles. Did they try and force feed a storyline to justify doing it? Yeah. Is the storyline good? No. But is the match going to be entertaining? Yes, because AJ Styles is just that good. We're moving out to the final four. We have Triple H versus Seth Rollins in a non-sanctioned Raw match. This is probably the match I want to see the most. I do love me some Seth Rollins from the times I've watched him wrestle. Zach, tell me about his injury, and is he back to being okay? Uh, I don't know quite if he's 100%. I would assume he's not 100%, but he is at least cleared to wrestle, seeing as he's going to be wrestling. Um, some sort of knee injury, I think it was like a partially torn MCL or something like that. Hmm. Something to those, some sort of ligament damage. He knee. will be limited uh, in this match. Yes. Uh, well, that's that's to be assumed. No one has a, an actual medical report on him. Uh, he got legitimately hurt when Samoa Joe debuted and put him in the clutch, and his leg kind of bent weird when he when he went down. But this has been on the build for you can at least date back to August when Kevin Owens won the title when uh, Triple H turned on on Seth and handed the title to Owens. Uh, ever since Rollins has been on the warpath trying to get his revenge on Triple H, who made him into the champion he was before that when he. Uh, he had the title before last year's WrestleMania. Got hurt right before Survivor Series and missed last year's WrestleMania. That's why missing this year's WrestleMania is is off the table. That's why he's so motivated to be in. Joe, has Rollins ever been a face or has he been mostly heel? No, he's been both. They they turned him face after what his most recent comeback. He's, he's yeah, I'd say after basically when Triple H turned on him is when he became an actual good guy. Rollins is versatile. He he can work healer face. Um, he's a really talented wrestler. He, depending on how much they let him do, this could either be a story-driven match where it's more about Triple H working over Rollins, which wouldn't be highly entertaining, but Triple H is good at telling that kind of story, and he's a good wrestler. Or it could be more exciting, 
but the story wouldn't make as much logical sense. So they're going to have to find that balance here. Is this Seth Rollins gets all his big spots in, or Seth Rollins sell, sells? So it'll be interesting to see what kind of match they choose to have. Michael Spath, is Seth Rollins a top five wrestler in the WWE right now? Uh, it's. Uh, I think basically he has the potential to be in the top five. I'm not sure if he's quite there yet. I think his future is in that group. Um, and I think this could be a big step towards that. Uh, the WWE actually, I think, has done a really good job setting this, this whole story up uh, with Triple H turning on Seth um, and then Seth coming back and, and wanting revenge. But really, he doesn't want revenge. He just wants to, like he says, he wants to redeem himself and get back to the guy he was before Triple H got into his head and, and told him to turn on his brothers. Um, which and which I was think, three years ago. It's, it's been yeah, a long build. It's been a long build. And I think e- even if Seth doesn't win this match, I think he still accomplishes that just because he, he's he's able to stand up to Triple H. Because even if he does win this match against Triple H and, and the authority, does anybody ever really beat Triple H and the authority? They always win in the end. Sure. It doesn't matter. Sure. Am I fucking going over? What's up? What's up, man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, What's your score I'm right good. now? Is it good? Yeah, I, you know, I just had a good Zenyatta game, so I'm feeling great. I, um, your typewriter uh, controller has been in the background of this entire podcast. Yeah, I, I've thought about <laughs> that, and then I was just like, you know, I just, I, you know, there's a don't care. Um, I, will, I will try to edit it out, and it will probably not work, so there we go. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Um, <laughs> I, I got to tell you. As as excited as I am to see Seth Rollins and Triple H wrestle each other, I I, I could go without this match at WrestleMania. I, I don't crazy. think it really got anything. <laughs> I it's really just, think I think the injury killed it. Injury yeah, really I just I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see Samoa Joe do something meaningful. Quite honestly, I've seen a lot of Seth. I guess what I'm trying to say is I've seen a lot of Seth Rollins. We all seen a lot of Seth Rollins. He's great. Yep. I'm not trying to say he isn't great. I just. I would be more entertained, and I think it would benefit Samoa Joe more if we saw Samoa Joe do something meaningful. I just, like Rollins Triple H. I don't need that at WrestleMania. I, you can satisfy that need at a different pay per view. I, I just I, I get that this is the ultimate quote unquote blow off per se, but it's not going to be. Like they're going to keep feuding. So if they're going to keep feuding, I don't. WrestleMania to me is a conclusion, not so much a beginning. So I need, I would rather have, I would rather have them doing something else. This better be the blow off. I don't want to see any more of this after this. This, this should be the end of the Triple H Rollins story, at least as far as them going at each other. If that mutates into Rollins versus Samoa Joe, that'd be awesome. And I think Samoa Joe will be involved in this match, but I, I can't see them trying to get any more mileage out of Triple H and Rollins. This is supposed to be the natural crescendo of that. Moving on to the third, to our second to last match at this point, The Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Man. Good God. Why? Yeah. <laughs> All right, end of that. Let's Great go question. to the next one. <laughs> All right. There, well, there isn't a whole lot to talk about here. I'm going to start uh, with Joe. Uh, sorry, Greg. No, Joe, I don't have anything. All right, Joe, what? Is The Undertaker done? Why is he still wrestling? And why are they still pushing Roman Reigns? And is it even a big deal if Roman Reigns wins at this point? Okay, that's a lot of questions. Um, Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Roman my bad. Reigns. 
Roman this Reigns, is going to be a lot more in-depth than you think it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Roman Reigns is a, is a better wrestler than people give him credit for. He, he really nice. is, he is a talented wrestler and, yeah. and he does, he does well on the house shows. He does as well as basically anybody else not named John Cena. So sure. the, the crowd hatred for him isn't as real as, you know, it, it, it isn't as, it, it, they may boo him, sure, but he's selling house show tickets as, as good or better than Dean Ambrose. He's moving numbers as well as anybody else in that company who's on the road. So I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. But the, the, the internet amplifies the hate quite a bit. Way, way more. Just like, you know, the, the, the crowd pops for a, a, a song. That doesn't mean they like the wrestler. The, the Ten Chant is way more over than Dillinger. So don't be confused. Roman Reigns is not as hated as people say he is. Now, is this match necessary? Probably not. Is Undertaker done? I think at this point, Undertaker's matches are good when they tell a story. He could tell those stories against Shawn Michaels. He was more athletic then. He told those stories against Triple H. The Undertaker needs the right opponent. Um, there really isn't really a story here, and Roman Reigns isn't of that caliber of storyteller that you know Triple H or Shawn Michaels was. But given the right opponent, Undertaker could draw big money and do and do well in the ring uh, against you know Roman Reigns at this point in this match. No, there's there's no interest. Zach, what yeah. is the story? Well, first of all, I'm over here cringing at the at the Undertaker comments over here. Undertaker probably should have been done after Brock. Like honestly, I he's been rough since then. The story is Roman Reigns is a piece of shit. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, there is quite a few people that are upset with Roman Reigns being pushed down their throats. Uh, he essentially became the next appointed John Cena at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. And people decided that because it wasn't the person they wanted to be, Daniel Bryan, that he would be the poster boy for all of the hatred that they have about the people they want getting pushed not getting pushed. So he has kind of shouldered that burden ever since then. And sometimes he steers into the skin and is like, yeah, I'm the guy. Hate me if you want. Like me if you want. I'm over here being me. Mm. He thinks he is the shit. He, but okay. He thinks he is the shit, and he wants to be the franchise. And Taker is over here going, "Yeah, but WrestleMania, so it's my time." That's and, it. Uh, that's it. That's that's more or less <sighs> it. Because Roman Reigns is going, "Hey, this is my yard now," and he eliminated Taker at the Royal Rumble, which started all of this going down the tracks here. And then it was uh, Roman versus Strowman. Taker started getting involved in that. And then Taker's like, yeah, you might want to claim all this is yours, but it's WrestleMania season. It's mine. And Roman's like, yeah, I'm not going to be scared of you like everyone else. I'm just going to stand here and do my thing like I always do. And you're just going to be ancillary to it. Michael Spath, tell tell me why. Sorry, Joey. Tell no, me that's fine. over under eight wrestling moves actually done in this match. Oh, it'll be more than that. I think they're gonna. I'm not sure. This is this, this match is I gonna like be this match, Yeah, I don't like that this match is happening, but since it is, this is how I want to see it go down. I think the Undertaker needs to put Roman over. I think if this truly is Undertaker's latch match, he's gonna do everything he can to put on a good match. I just don't know how good that'll be. 
and he's so old. And this is how I want to end. He puts him over, and then the Undertaker's laying on the ring, in, on his back in the middle of the ring. The gong hits, the lights go out, they come back on, Taker's gone, and that's it. You don't see Undertaker ever again. That's how I want to see it end. I think that would be is, a great... Do, is Roman Reigns deserving of ending this guy's career? Uh, I Yes and no. Yes and no. Do I want to see it happen? No. If they're going to validate everything they put into Roman Reigns so far, they kind of have to to keep him moving forward. Mm. Greg, give it to me. Anything else? There are two people currently employed by WWE that I think could have gotten a good match out of The Undertaker. Uh, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. Now, Owens is obviously doing something I think is more worth his time. Uh, and if, again, you know, AJ Styles is the ultimate showman. So if you really push comes to shove, who would the WWE rather have Styles working with, Taker or Shane? I think they'd rather have him working with Shane, at least because Shane's on his show. There's a storyline there that you can build off of, so on and so forth. Um, also, AJ is not homegrown. I I I honestly don't think that totally matters. I think the WWE realizes that AJ is capable of putting on the best show possible. That's why they're putting him with Shane, who I think you, you'd be surprised point, how you'd be surprised how petty they get over stuff. Zach is absolutely right. Yeah, but at the same time, like if they were that petty, I don't think they'd put AJ with Shane. I think in a way, since Taker wrestles every year at WrestleMania. Whereas this is Shane's second WrestleMania in the last decade, I I think there's a little bit more gravitas to working with Shane than Undertaker right now. You're you're being um, very you're being very logical about it. The way they treat Taker is very illogical. It's, it's just all I'll say. There, there's a certain aura around it that if if you beat Taker at Mania, the only person to is Brock. There. Oh, I'm not even I'm not even trying to say beat Taker. I'm yeah. saying. Give Taker a good match. That's all I'm talking oh. about. I think because, quite honestly, I <laughs> I don't think Taker loses. Uh, I don't oh, think yeah. Roman oh, yeah. Reigns is the guy that beats Taker. So that'd be nice. I I I really think if your goal is just to give Taker a good match at WrestleMania one last time, it had to be Owens or Styles. And I think Owens and Styles are doing more useful things at Mania, which means I really don't think this is going to be a good match. <laughs> Taker's old. Taker's fucking old. His body can't do it anymore. He it's literally is a corpse. Let's move on to the final two. We have Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, the SmackDown brand. Why am I not as excited for this match as I should be? Zach? Because they have not presented it in a way that should be entertaining. Yeah. They, um, they, you go. You're good. I was going to say, they're really... Uh, curtailing this match towards the people that watch every week. Their storylines are very intricate on SmackDown. So I think they're rewarding the people that are with them week in, week out. It is, it is pretty good storytelling if you watch every week, but for, for a, a pay-per-view like WrestleMania where it's not just diehard fans, it's, it's, you know, the casual fans, it's people that don't even watch wrestling. They're watching WrestleMania. So that's why this match for someone that doesn't watch it as much, it wouldn't be as as intriguing. This almost feels like a lifetime achievement award for both guys because they know Orton's reliable and they know Orton can handle the spotlight. And Bray is having has a title run now, kind of 
to congratulate him for actually creating a compelling character and sticking with it so long and actually being viable out of someone they weren't exactly expecting a lot out of. Um, he has a great character. He can't usually fully unleash it because of like the restraints that he has. and They really go over the top cheese ball with a lot of the stuff he does. Like the whole Sister Abigail stuff now with like him being possessed and rubbing shit all over him and Randy Orton burning down the house. It's, just, it's a lot of no. over the top cheese that they really don't Correct me if I'm wrong, they're still sort of friends in the story? Or no, what's no, up with that? They're, they're absolutely, what happened was Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt were feuding in September, August, way back when. Randy Orton, for some reason, could not beat Bray Wyatt. Bray was not at the top of his game at this point. But he, all of a sudden, he was when Orton came up. Orton did not get over the hump. Couldn't beat him in the family. He literally said, if you can't beat him, join him. He turned on Kane as they were fighting the Wyatts and became a member of the Wyatt family. Everyone knew the whole time that he was literally just waiting to turn on him. Yep. But they went through, won the tag titles, went through all the motions. That's probably a big portion of why this isn't as compelling to a lot of people, is that it's very formulaic A, B, to C, despite all of the like turns that it might have taken. It, it took longer than we expected to get there, but everyone knew Orton was just waiting until he had a good opportunity to turn on Bray that he would. So he did, even though he turned after he had already given up his title match. It's a whole cluster of stuff. Basically, it's bland Randy Orton going against Gray Wyatt, who I wouldn't say is going through the motions, but he's he's trying out new things that are a little too campy to be set in the realistic SmackDown experience, I would say. Got it. Joey. What are your thoughts on this match? Is this even worth... Is this even the fifth most exciting match to you? I have zero interest in this match. I hate Bray Wyatt. Um, no interest. He, I don't think he draws a dime. I think Zach makes really good points about the character. I'm not going to dispute anything Zach said. I wouldn't watch this on as a main event on SmackDown. I wouldn't go to a house show where this was the main event. I don't have any interest. So your hate is, makes, fuels me as a human. It just makes me really happy. Uh, Michael, Michael Smash, give it to me. Uh, I, I really just, I, I hope they don't work this like a typical Randy Orton match where it's slow. Oh, you know they're gonna, it's gonna be off. Just, just, it's just not, it's just not good enough. I don't know, we're, we're, we've seen it so many times, I just, I think they gotta work this something different. They gotta maybe, I don't know, get some kind of... Outside interference from someone, maybe Eric Rowan makes a return. Who knows? Please, no. I would love. There's, there's two. I would Go love ahead. a Kurt Angle show. Not that it matters. I, I just want to just want to say Kurt Angle's name because I love him. That's all. Kurt Angle is booked on the yeah. Monday Night Raw following SmackDown. Is that's because he's following gonna be, WrestleMania. He's going to be the new commissioner. Is that right? I that, I would that, bet my life savings on it. That's one of the big rumors. Yes, oh. this match would have been compelling. If it would, could have been the one multi-man main event if you put Luke Harper in it and made it a wide family triple threat because I think Luke Harper would have added some unpredictability to it and actually got some high-flying and some different styles mixed in. I think it would have actually been a match that could have drawn some eyes, but it's, it just feels like it's going through the motions. I'm just super hyped that you just said Kurt Angle is going to be back in the WWE as a commissioner. I fucking 
love that. Um, yeah, there's a very, I'd, very good I'd chance. Bet, yes. I'd bet a lot on him being the new, because uh, Nick Foley's gone. They haven't really announced anyone yeah. else. It makes a whole lot of sense. And that uh, pop period. is going to be amazing. When I just want when that music hits. I want. The, oh man, the you the you suck chant is is legendary. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> by the way, that that is absolutely going to be at WrestleMania because they have a Hall of Fame set where they yes, they do. Yeah. everyone. So seventy thousand people chanting "You suck." That chant is, is still ingra- ingrained in my head from the Attitude area. I Kurt Angle is probably my favorite you wrestler. You don't even know how that came about. I pro- I do not actually. Tell me. Okay. 2002, he was working on a program with Edge. Edge had this whole thing where he was like, uh, he was showing him pictures that he found in his attic. Of, I remember that. Like, he was showing him pictures of the of he found in his attic of stuff they did the year prior. Yeah. Like, nostalgic, and he wrote on the back, "You suck," and That's stuff it. like that. That's it. And the next couple, the next couple weeks, the crowd picked up on it and just. I think Edge actually led them in it and kind of got the ball rolling, and they did it every after for six years till now (laughs) they still do now yes all right uh i i wanted to ask real quick before we move on to the final event what happened to edge is he what's up with him uh he broke his neck a bunch of times and they forced him to retire that'll do it yeah they they forced him to retire after a mania match with alberto del rio said if you wrestle again you could be paralyzed just by taking a breath wrong wow yeah uh so best of luck to him and his health He's doing really well. He seems to be happy away from the business. He, he has a new podcast. You should say he sucks, too. Hey, Edge, come on here and defend <laughs> yourself, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, and your stupid neck broken. All right, last match of the night. And I don't know what to think of this match, but I'm sure it'll be pop central. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship of Raw. Whew. The last time these two fought, I would imagine, uh, it was not too great. It was about a one-minute match, and it was a squash match. Is that correct, Zach? More or less. One minute, 23 seconds. Brock pushed him in the corner, turned around, spear, spear, jackhammer, and... Are you expecting a similar match at, at WrestleMania? Sadly, no. Hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, Joe, do you think that Lesnar will win this match because this will kind of be the end of Goldberg's run? That's what everything that I've heard. Um, the first match wasn't good, Ryan, but the thing about it was... It was surprising, and again, like the story. Like, if you're looking on a, on a five-star scale, it was not a good match. But this, it was shocking, and it was... It was a five-star it, moment. Yes, so, it, again, sometimes fans get caught up on, is it is it a five-star match? Are they doing great moves? Well, wrestling should really be more about how good is the story they told. So, from that perspective, the first match was very interesting, even if it wasn't technically brilliant. Uh, this match is going to have a lot more challenges. No one really knows what Goldberg can do. I mean, he I never was. Goldberg knows. He never was that good of a wrestler in his prime, but I've I've gone back and watched some of his older stuff, and he wasn't terrible. So, you know, Brock tends to hurt people. Um, huh. We'll see what happens. Michael Spath, give it to me. Uh, I, I don't know how to feel I, about this I match agree. either. <laughs> Honestly, it's just I I think the buildup has been. Solid. I mean, Paul Heyman is as good as it gets on the mic, and he's been hyping this one up. By himself, he could do it. He's incredible. But uh, and, and has in the past. Yeah, and uh, I just, I think, I do think, like Joe said, this this is probably Goldberg's last match. So I think they're just gonna. I, I'm 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 actually 
pretty impressed with how WWE handled this whole thing. Like they got a lot of a lot of publicity off of off Goldberg's return. It's actually been pretty well done. Uh, I just I don't really care that much about it to be honest. <laughs> okay, uh, Greg, you were the final thoughts here before we go into our final section of conclusions. I love each of these guys individually, uh, and I just think they're such an imperfect match as a duo. Uh, Goldberg is, you know, my number one main bay. He, without Goldberg, I probably don't give two shits about wrestling. He was my guy. When I was little, I remember exactly where I was for the match in the Georgia Dome against Hulk Hogan when he won the belt. It is just fantastic history. Am I happy just to hear his music and see his face again? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love, I love Lesnar, but uh, just, I kind of wish we could just give Lesnar the belt again and have him squash real people. Uh, just you wait. I yeah, mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm excited for that to happen. I want to see Lesnar be, I, 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 I might be one of the rare people where I don't give a shit if Lesnar's a part timer. I love Lesnar. I, the shit out of people. It's one of my way. favorite things in the world. I like it when he destroyed John Cena. We saw, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that match resonated with me so much that when we saw uh, Spath and I with a group of people saw Power Rangers last night, and there's a scene in the movie where the big giant robot does a suplex to the big giant <laughs> gold dude, and I just turn to Spath and go, Suplex City! Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic, and I want that back in my life. I just, I wish I didn't have to see 49-year-old Goldberg be yeah. the victim to it because I still love Goldberg with all my heart and I don't want to see him embarrassed. I would argue that Lesnar John Cena is the reason why three or four of you are back on the hype train with wrestling. That that match legitimately was one of the few matches I've ever seen where I took a step back and was like, is, is John Cena alright? Is he legitimately hurt? The, yeah. he's like He took so many suplexes and they all looked painful. Yeah. Like real life painful, not wrestling painful. Let's move on to final conclusions. Uh, oh, oh, you got unless you have something to say here, Spath. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think Lesnar is great, and I would love to see him face Samoa Joe in the near future. I think that would be phenomenal. Let's go ahead and do I, that. I'm still waiting to see him face uh, Kevin Owens. There's a lot I wanted that forever. There's a lot left for Lesnar to do, I think. and They'll, they'll probably be t- doing that over the next two years, I would assume. Let's go to final thoughts. Zachary, how excited for you out of ten? For this WrestleMania, I, I'd say a six. Uh, it's there's there's going to be a lot of good moments. I'm just not I'm not going into it with a lot of promise, but that's been the case with a couple of past WrestleManias lately. And more often than not, they turn out to be really good experiences. And uh, I, we haven't talked about it, but I am kind of interested to see what they do with the new day hosting. Oh, I, I hope that's that's, that's kind true. of a constant thing. Really, it, it's. I'm looking forward to moments. Like, I really want to see the stage. The whole experience is supposed to be like a theme park. They have the big Universal Globe with WrestleMania posted on it. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be an experience, I think. What's the match you're looking forward to the most? I don't want to say Jericho Owens, because everyone else is going to say Jericho Owens. Um, yep. I guess I really want to see how they pull out AJ versus Shane. I, I want to kind of see. I, I'm not expecting a lot, but I think that's going to be the one with the most intrigue to me. To like see how it goes. Joe Napoli, same questions. Out of ten, and and favorite match. I would say I'm probably a five out of ten. 
Um, it's there's nothing special about this card, but like Zach said, I mean it's WrestleMania. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun time to hang out with your friends and just watch wrestling and you know reminisce about it. So I'm definitely excited. Uh, Jericho Owens is the match I'm most excited about as a story. I think it should be great and it should be fun. Uh, Shane versus AJ, it's like junk food. It's there's gonna be moments that are gonna be really fun and you're gonna enjoy it. So I'm I'm excited about that too. Michael Spath. Uh, I'll probably go with Zach. I'm about a 6 out of 10. I, I, I'm really excited for it, actually, because I haven't watched WrestleMania in years, so this is my first one back. Um, I would say I'm 6 out of 10 for most things I watch, and that's um, I, always, I immediately say afterwards, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm with Joe. Uh, the Jericho Owens match, I've been excited for it since I heard it was rumored. So that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, also, shout out to Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. I'm that's going to be a good match. It really will be. My dearest Gregory. Uh, I'm, I'm probably a five. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The fact that I don't really know, like, the fact that I came into this pod not really knowing the card kind of speaks volumes about not really there being a match that really gets my blood going. Um, I am most excited about uh, Joe Napoli's cat trying to murder me again because uh, <laughs> I'm definitely right. allergic to it. Um. I, I look. The best match is going to be Jericho Owens. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably one of the few people a little excited for Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, just because few things get me out of bed quite like an RKO out of nowhere. Uh, they're still fun. I don't. I don't care how campy or gimmicky they might be. I'm excited to see where it comes from, how it happens, the build up to it, the reaction from the announcers. That stuff's always fun to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we just went through the whole card, and there wasn't really a match outside of Jericho Owens where I was just like, yeah, damn, I need to see that match for sure. I mean, even, even again, even Triple H Rollins, I should be more excited for that match. I'm just not. I, I am. I, I, I would say I'm a 7 out of 10. I haven't, I've watched WrestleMania the last three years, and it's always been a good time. It's kind of like a – it just feels nice. It just feels at home. So you're just at home on a Sunday night I'm, and just yeah, chilling. Right. I'm more, I'm more excited for the fact that it's WrestleMania than I am for any individual match of WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the spread that Joe Napoli's going to have already. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just excited for Joe Napoli's minus the cat, yeah. minus okay. both. It's WrestleMania. I mean, you're going to have fun. Like it's, I mean, I, I might have sound like a curmudgeon this whole time, but I love wrestling. It's going to be fun to reminisce and and watch the show itself. Eh, we'll see. Maybe the new day, maybe the new day will be great. Maybe we'll have something crazy where Austin will come out of the Rock. It's going to be a really fun time, no matter what. WrestleMania, just, no, you're going to have fun. That's the title. I'm just really, I'm really exactly. not looking, I'm not looking forward to your cat's joke. But yeah, I almost should, died the last time. You should take allergy medicine. I'm going to take all the allergy medicine. All like, right, I listen, enough of that. This podcast has gone on too long. Everyone out there that's actually sat through and listened this long, how did you do it? We appreciate it. Follow Was us this, on Twitter. This wasn't that long compared to our over-under yesterday. Actually, it is only three minutes it's, shorter. Yeah, like I said, not as long. <laughs> um... Uh, if you listen to our MLB over-unders and you've come through our WrestleMania, you are actually like us, and thank you. You, got, like you, too. you got way too much of yeah. myself. You really do. Uh, but we've had a good time doing these special bonus pods this week. We'll be back next week. You can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Everyone that joined us today, Joey, Michael Spath, Zach, thank you so much for coming on and bringing your wrestling knowledge. This was a great time and really informational for us. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. It's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks. We, we will see you guys on Monday, or sorry, Tuesday morning. 
uh, where we'll be posting our usual Ranger nonsense. And we'll see you guys there. Let's go Rangers over the weekend. Bye-bye.